welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network Podcast. I am your host, Mali Ponpadit, and today we have Irene Weinberg. Irene is an author of the five-star-reviewed book, They Serve Bagels in Heaven, a compelling spiritual love story. If you have always wondered about the afterlife or have lost someone close to you, this memoir offers comfort and healing and an insider's look into what goes beyond our lives on earth. Irene is an influential and thought-provoking writer on the afterlife, soulmates, and our life's purpose here on earth. Her compelling work on the subject has sparked powerful conversations about the human's search for happiness and our soul's purpose. She is a highly sought-after public speaker whose spirited lectures have inspired and motivated audiences at conferences, at spiritual get-togethers, and bookstores nationwide. Thank you so much, Irene, for being with us. My pleasure, Mally. I'm looking forward to our interview. I am, too. So the reason why I really wanted to bring you on our podcast, and I say that because the majority of our podcast guests speak to our audience who happen to be business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, and people who are really trying to tap into what their purpose is in life and how they can run that through a business and reach more people. And the reason why I wanted you to be um, on the podcast is because we oftentimes forget how important our spiritual selves are into the world of happiness and success and significance. And I think that, you know, the personal side, the soulful side of who we are um, needs to also be nurtured. So I thought you were a perfect guest to talk on more of the softer, spiritual, heart-centered side of um, the way we operate as human beings. Absolutely. And one of the things that happened to me with the spiritual awakening that I had, which I will talk about, is that it taught me to be a conscious human being. And I also have business. Smiley, and it taught me to be a conscious human being of my actions and the, and the reverberations of my decisions, my actions, my words, not only in my personal life, but in my business life as well. And that makes a very big difference when you have that uh, overview of, of life. It's not just about what goes on here. And uh, so let's begin and uh, have fun. Yes, no, I would definitely love to start by asking you, I mean, there's so much to say here because I read your extensive bio. The one that I shared is very short, so we'll make sure people get to know you throughout this interview. But one thing that really struck me was uh, who you were prior to basically uncovering or stumbling upon or being delivered what is now your soul's purpose, Um, you know, how you operated, how your mind worked. And that, in fact, you were not um, that spiritual at all, or I don't even know if that's the right term, but can you share with us what led you to do this work today? Sure. I was completely not spiritual. 
I mean, I was a traditional Jewish girl. I would go with my husband to synagogue. We would pray. Did anyone really listen to me or hear me? I had no idea. But I, I had been brought up, you know, um, by my parents with their beliefs and all of that. Married, you know, into my community, followed our customs. And then one day, and I did have, I have to say, I always had, though, a feeling that I, that my actions and my decisions were, uh, had consequences beyond my immediate experience. So, for instance, I got custody of my two stepchildren, and I can remember thinking about how my husband were role modeling what a good marriage is like and what good relationship is like and how important that was. So I had, I had a sense of that, but I didn't have a spiritual perspective for it yet. And what happened to me was about uh, two months, my husband died next to me in a tragic car accident. And about two months before he died, I was washing dishes at my kitchen sink when a very strong message suddenly came into my head. And it said, Saul has to go. Many lessons will be learned from his death. And I wow. thought, yeah. I thought to myself, what the heck am I thinking? Because it felt like a thought, but it was not no kind of thought that I would have ever generated within myself. And my husband was watching a Jets game on TV in our family. I filled a glass of water for him. I walked over, kissed the top of his head, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, if Saul died, this, he was a real estate developer. This person who was so unfair to him in business might, would be really, blah, blah, blah. I was to myself, what am I thinking? And I pushed it completely out of my head. I said, this is crazy. And I went about my business. Two months later, we're on the New York State Thruway coming home from a weekend skiing, and I suddenly feel the car go into a humongous swerve, and I look over, and Saul is sound asleep at the wheel. We were going about 72 miles an hour. We'd been on the thruway for about an hour and a half, and I called out to him. I went, Saul, and he woke up. He saw what was happening. And he went to pull the car out of the swerve. And instead of riding itself, and I was conscious through this whole thing, Mally, instead of riding itself, the car, it was like I was in a gigantic roller coaster. The car started taking off into the air. And as we started liftoff for the first of four flips, I got a second message and it said, he's not going to make it. You are. Right. Mm. Hey. So now we're flipping over, we land, and we keep flipping to the right, and I'll tell you why I'm saying that in a minute, and we land upside down in a ravine, the wheels are spinning, my seatbelt is on, I look over at my husband and I go, Solly, are you okay? And I am telling you, Mally, it was unbelievable, his entire beautiful, loving, funny persona was gone. Indeed, the message was right. He was gone. He was lying next to me. His entire beautiful persona had left his body. And now I'm feeling the car turned over and the strong hands of an EMT began to reach through my shattered window to undo my seatbelt, turn me around and begin to pull me through the window of my car. 
And as I'm sliding through the window of my car, an an unemotional but authoritative male voice boomed into my head and said to me, be loving and kind to everyone as they put me on the side of the road. Well, this would tend to rearrange your marbles. Wow. I'm, I'm, you know, I've just been told to be loving, you know, and kind to everyone. Meanwhile, a helicopter is hovering nearby to take me to an emergency trauma center. They're tying a tourniquet around my leg to stop me from bleeding to death from a torn artery in the bottom of my foot. My right eye had hemorrhaged. My right collarbone was reversed inside my shoulder, and I had lost a ligament in my knee. And I've just been told, to be loving and kind to everyone. And this started an amazing journey for me. I did not know what this was about, but I knew something was up. And uh, about two months, about six weeks, I guess, after the accident, I had just stopped using my wheelchair. I was on crutches and I was just trying to drive again and all. And I got a call from my dry cleaner. I'm very friendly. And he said, you know, Irene, my wife and I don't tell a lot of people this, but I feel like you're very open-minded. And I want to tell you that eight years ago, my wife and I lost our oldest son to a drug overdose. He said, and we were besides ourselves. We went to all kinds of grief counselors. We went to psychologists, psychiatrists. No one could help us until someone told us that There are people who can communicate with the deceased on the other side. Well, I hadn't believed in this before, but I had gotten those messages, and I was now more open to what was this about. So I got in my car, and I drove to his house in one town. I'm telling you this also for a reason. Left my car there and got in his car, and he drove me to a hotel about four towns away. And I walk in, and this young man who was the medium facilitating, it was John Edward, who was, before he was even famous, and he's very famous today, said to me, I greeted my dry cleaner and his wife and said to me, I don't even want to know your name. Tell me nothing about you. Go upstairs to where we're having this gallery. A gallery is when a bunch of people gather together and the the deceased are almost like lining up on the other side to talk to their loved ones on this side. And I walked into this room. I was very nervous. I didn't know what to expect. And it was almost like Saul was waiting for me to witness people getting these amazing messages. I'm getting a message. Someone's father shot himself in the head with a pistol. Oh, my God, that's my father and all these things going on. And all of a sudden, he said, I'm getting a message from someone. He's talking about Dr. Pepper. And I nudged my dry cleaner. I said, oh, my God, Joel, start taking notes. because." 15 years before he met me, Saul's brother, who was a well-known advertising executive in New York City, had written Saul's name into a Dr. Pepper commercial. This had not even happened when I knew Saul, and yet I knew that this was Saul's way of telling me, it's me. And then John Edward kept going with um, all these amazing messages, and, and one of them that knocked me out for the, for the sake of time, because I talk about it in my book, that I absolutely knew it was Saul. He said, 
he's telling me, he's holding up a can of tomato juice, and he's telling me it's about a joke that only you and he shared. And that was true. When Saul, Saul was buried on my son's 21st birthday, when my son was five years old, Saul used to like to joke that he was so skinny that if you filled it with tomato juice, he'd look like a thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> And then another thing he said was, he's telling me you're driving his car with Saul Z on the license plate. That car was parked in another town, four, like four towns away. And the Saul was a real estate developer in Hoboken, New Jersey. And he used to sell condos to young, uh, you know, yuppies. And they used to call him Uncle Saul Z. So his license plate said Saul Z on it. How could John Edward possibly know that? And so anyway, now this opened the door to me, and I started going to other people. He came through to people describing his toes, describing his genitals, describing the outfit he wore the night he died, on and on and on, the first meal I ever made him. And then I started getting another message that was knocking me out. And the message said that I was supposed to write a book and this book would help many, many, many people to know that we go on, to know that there is more to our lives on this planet than is just our five-sense reality, and that it was going to inspire many people. And I was like, what book? I was a violinist growing up. I was a buyer for Macy's. I had two children's stores. I helped solve the real estate business. I raised two stepchildren. I raised my own son. What book? But it was, and he was coming through every single way that he could, saying that we had a sole purpose. We had things we were supposed to accomplish here, but we had set up a backup plan in case he didn't stay on the planet longer. Well, this was all new news to me and a whole new concept to me, but this information kept coming through. And then eventually, one thing led to another. And I was led to this woman who was able to channel him like I was talking to him face to face. It was unbelievable. And I can tell you and your listeners, if they, if you'd like to know how I absolutely knew that it was him and that it was real uh, with stuff coming through. And then I started asking questions and he started coming through with answers Uh what, what's the deal with soulmates? Do we really, you know, how does heaven handle evil? What is it like over there? What was it like for you to cross over? Um, you know, have we lived more lives than this one? And he started giving me answers. Wow. And are the answers in your book? They serve bagels in heaven? They're all in my book. And he even gave a preview of what our planet's going to be like in 300 years, which if you read it, it's spot on. You can really see that we're going in those directions. It's amazing. And there are past lives. And in the past lives, he, he told me about past lives we had shared together. It brings, and first of all, the, the story is a love story and it's filled with humor and some good sex and <laughs> very juicy past lives. I, Saved a life of one past life and all these different things. And in the stories with what happened to us are embedded these things he wants people to know. 
about, like, for instance, I was murdered in a past life, and what is forgiveness like, and what did he have to do? Because he was, uh, to, when he got to the other side, these people's souls and what was happening to them having done this. And, I mean, there are wonderful um, cosmic insights seeded all through the book. Now, let me ask you this, Irene, because, again, you know, we have to keep in mind our audience of um, our community who listens to this. How has going through this experience, uh, meeting these um, powerful channelers, if you will, messengers, um, how has that changed you um, in terms of uh, your business mindset? How has it changed you as a leader, as a businesswoman, as a professional? Uh, ha- have you... Have you really, um, I guess, documented the change in your perception, your truth uh, prior to this taking place and how you live every day of your life? Now, I know that sounds obvious, right, because of the story that you told, but I would love for our audience to hear from you what are some of the actual um, very tangible things that took place in your behavior Um, when you compare it to life before uh, uncovering this spiritual awakening or or really coming to this whole acceptance that there is so much more than just the physical, the here and now? Those are wonderful questions, and I would like to tell your audience there are two dramatic things that happened to me. When I got the message to be loving and that have impacted the way I deal with business because I do have business interests and I do have to go to business meetings and I do have to run some businesses and all. When I, first of all, when that message came through to be loving and kind to everyone, I eventually understood that that also includes being loving and kind to me. I am very much more sensitive about what happens when I deal with toxic people and that I do not need to go in that direction to literally quote, 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 sell my soul to make a business deal or whatever, because there are ramifications to the choices I make and to the decisions that I make. And the other thing that really impacted me also, when they pulled me out of the car, one of the first things I thought about was I have to get through this somehow because I have to be a role model for my son that you can get hit by a grenade in life and keep on going. And it made me realize that the only thing, I couldn't save Saul's life. I couldn't change anything that had happened. But the only thing that I had control over was my attitude. So, for instance, right now I'm going through a business problem. And before I might have gotten into the attitude of fear, I might have, you know, gotten into, I might have tuned in more to my anxiety. Now... I have a very different attitude, and I and I know that I have choice about the way I choose to respond to it, and the way I choose to deal with certain people who are involved with me in it. And it's given me a different way to approach things, and it's helped me a great deal. Now, how has your healing journey? Um, been for you. I mean, I know that these wonderful messengers and um, channelers, clairvoyants, have helped you in many ways with Saul, um, with with feeling connected to and, and that souls are forever. 
but physically, emotionally, because you're still in the here and now, you're still in human form, you're still inside your package of a human being. How have you been able to walk through this healing process? Um, what have been some of the, the steps you've taken to get to this place where you can be on this podcast and talk about life and, and love life? Um, and, and still go to work every day and still meet people and write this book and want to help other people? The first thing that impacted me was I started becoming very open-minded to where do I go to get help because I don't know everything. And instead of rem- and I did not want to remain in the swamp of grief, especially because I had gotten the messages. I knew that there was more, even though I'm still Miss Saul every day of my life. But I knew that there was more, and I knew that I now have a purpose. The first thing I did after he died was I started working with a life transition coach. And she taught me about discernment, that as I was starting to create this new life for myself, that I could open any door that I wanted, which in business happens. You you explore things, you you think about where you're going to go, you talk to different people, you get different ideas. But she said, if something doesn't feel right to you, you can walk right back out that door. And I never had given myself permission for that. When I would talk to people or get involved with people, I didn't feel free to say, well, this isn't right for me or this isn't feeling right, or I need, to, I need to talk to you about this. Now if I get a feeling that a person's not coming from integrity, or there's something that is not resonating with us, I will detach with love and I will go there. Where in the past, I would have still gone there and said, oh, one way or the other, I'll cope with it, I'll deal with it, it's more important for me to achieve the bottom line and to go where I'm going. And I and it often tripped me up because the people were not good people. And it ended up biting you anyway. So now I really listen to my gut and my head when I'm dealing with people and deciding if I'm going to invest my time and psyche with them. Wow. That's great. Thank you for thank you for that. Now, let me uh, talk more about your book, They Serve Bagels in Heaven. When someone picks up this book, what, do, what will they get out of it? First of all, they're going to have a lot of fun because, I mean, people have told me they love reading the book. And by the way, to anyone who's wondering, really, she's saying they serve bagels in heaven? Read page eight. And that will give you your answer about that. But, <laughs> but they have a lot, a lot of fun reading the book. And uh, so it's just whether you want to buy the concept or not, it's just a really good read. And it's also uh, very good to listen to it. But as they get into the story, they're going to read my true story. And they're going to read about the concept, for instance, um, I talk about how important it is to be conscious of your dealings with other people. Um, that there is a realm of, there are, the, you know, people in the spiritual world talk about karma, but there are consequences for the decisions you make and the things that you do. So I talk about that. If you're curious about, is there really such a thing as soulmates? 
You're going to find that out in my book. And is it just limited to romantic soulmates? You're going to find that about, about that. And there is so much evil and bad stuff that goes on in this world. I asked, and you're going to get answers to what happens to these people when they cross over to the other side. You're going to learn about the process of what will have, how, what it's like to cross over and the process of what happens. You get a life review when you cross over and what that is like. So for people who are really not nice people on this side, it's not really a fire and brimstone experience, but it's a different kind of an experience that is very powerful. And I thought, and the book talks about that. Um, there's also, I talk about the, uh, about detaching with love from negative people. I talk about, I had, as a result of what happened to me, I had the blessing of being able to heal my entire family after the death of my very abusive father. And this was all prompted by what I had learned in the book, you know, from writing the book and all. Uh, I talk about that. I talk about uh, what's, the book talks about what's going to be happening to our planet in 300 years. And boy, really makes you sit back and think about how you're conducting your life now. And, you know, there's a lot in the book about acceptance and judgment. It's very hard, very, very hard to accept certain bitter pills that life gives us. And the book talks about that these are lessons that we choose to go through for our soul growth. And, you, you know, I tell people, you don't have to believe in my angle on the dangle at all. But if you stay centered in your experience here and you're suffering in your experience here, that's one kind of ex experience. And then, though, if you look at it as, wait a minute, this terrible thing is is an experience a lesson i've chosen to learn how what how what kind of attitude am i going to adopt and what am i learning from this it changes the way you deal with things so that kind of information is also in the book it's very very comforting because we all experience loss and it really changes your attitude about loss and I also talk about the pain of grieving, the, the different things that I went through. Uh, I don't whitewash any of that. Um, but there, but it's balanced by a lot of levity and a lot of information that I received. And uh, I want to share something else with all of you, when I, with all of your listeners. When I started in this world, I start at one point. I was working as a, with a medium, and we were getting as many as 150 people every three months to communicate with their loved ones on the other side. And so one of the things that the book teaches is that we do indeed go on. But a very poignant lesson I talk about in the book is to be very conscious of what you say to people, even if you're very angry with them. I was at a gallery, as again, as again I explained, it's where people get together to hear messages from their loved ones on the other side. And we walked, I walked in with this medium to this gallery. It was at a hotel in Burlington, Vermont. And there was a young woman in her 20s crying hysterically in the front row. Well, within five minutes, and how could I know? I had never seen this woman in my life. Her father came through to apologize to her 
because the night before he unexpectedly died, they had had a horrible, horrible fight and called each other terrible names. So now he dies, and his daughter is left with the thing she called him and what he called her. And he came through to apologize. They apologized to each other. They healed through this experience. And I realized that when I'm dealing with people, and this is one of those lessons that people learn from laughing, crying with the book, enjoying the book, but this is a lesson that's embedded it, be embedded within it. Be conscious. Even in your business dealings, be conscious of how you are dealing with people because that could be the last thing you ever hear from a person or that they ever hear from you. And all of that has consequences once you cross over. Mm. Thank you so much, Irene. First of all, thank you for your passion. Because I know that being out there and speaking your truth and sharing your knowledge um, from what you've experienced is not easy. There are a lot of people who will look at your story, read your story, as, as they have with mine, and think, this is silly. Like, how, how can this be true? And your courage, your bravery, and your passion and your purpose to help others through their healing, through their connection to first themselves and what they want out of life and to their loved ones, I think it's needed. And I really appreciate that you're on this program speaking to, I don't know how many countries, <laughs> how many cultures, how many backgrounds of people. Um, and, and telling your story. So I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much, Mally. That means so much. And yes, just like with you, it was very hard for me. When I first came out with my book, and remember, I came from a very traditional world that did not believe in this, I had people who stopped talking to me. I had people who were nasty to me. I had people who thought that I had lost my mind. And it taught me to which is another lesson in business to hold on to my truth and not to be swayed by other people's headsets and what's going on inside of them or whatever uh you know that's and i i look at it as their journey that's their journey and their choice and the amazing thing is the braver i got just like i'm sure with you and the more i came out with my truth the more people people have thanked me and said we're so just like with this and we're so grateful that you're doing this. This is giving me a different way to look at life. And Irene, you're not one of these wavy gravy types of people. So like we know that we, it's very believable. I mean, I was very traditional. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Well, I would love for our audience uh, to find more information about you, purchase your book. So how might we learn more about you? Okay. Well, the first thing they can do is they can get onto my website which is they serve bagels in heaven.com. The second thing is uh, I have a wonderful site on Amazon and uh, the, and uh, they can get on Amazon and order the book. It's also an ebook and audible.com, which is another site through Amazon. That's the site where you can download it if you prefer to listen to it when you're in your car. And it's also soon going to be carried at, uh, on the uh, Barnes and Noble site. That's so fantastic. Yeah, there are quite a few ways that you can get it. And 
I would love to hear from your listeners when they read the book. I would be very honored. If, and, and my contact information obviously is on my site and it's in the book. And I would be very honored um, to hear from anyone about how the book has impacted you and talk to me and all that. That's what we're here for. Thank you so much, Irene. I really appreciate you again. I appreciate you uh, spending the time with us and sharing your journey. Um, To all of our listeners, I hope you enjoyed today. I know it was a different take on business and leadership, but I hope you appreciate that we want to develop the whole you. And this is a great way to bring a new perspective, um, a new shift in thinking, perhaps. So Thank you again for tuning in. We will be in touch with you very soon. And again, remember, please to join our community. Get um, on our subscriber list and go to soarcommunitynetwork.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Sign up for events that are coming up. And uh, download um, and subscribe to our iTunes so that you get notified for the next episode okay again thank you for your time and we'll be speaking to you very very soon everyone take care thank you for tuning in to another episode of soar podcast join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com